Welcome to In My Bag with Backpack Jeff, Season 1, Episode 2, man. I got a very special guest that's here with me today, man. Um, somebody that I thoroughly look up to uh, in the poetry game, man, business-wise, man. Someone that I come to just for advice. Someone that I come to uh, for, like, just, you know, mental stimulation, man. Someone that I know who's always going to shoot it to me straight. Uh, my guy, Orville the Poet, man. What's going on, bro? What's good, bro? How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. Listen, man, I've been waiting for this interview for so long, man. There's so many questions that I've been wanting to ask you, man. It's so, like, just to be able to pick your brain, man, and to learn from you and see how you have grown into this just, like, giant of poetry um, in the DMV area, but not just the giant of poetry, man, but the giant of uh, of business in poetry, right? Uh, I, I, real, I quickly realized that about you is that you're not just a poet. You're also a business. You're also a brand, man. And I'm here to talk about that, man. Uh, ladies well, I, and, I respect that, bro. Thank you, <laughs> Good, my bad. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Orville the Poet, man. Um, I remember when I first came down here in 2018, um, I was uh, I was moving back to the DMV area, and uh, whiskey, a whiskey girl, you know, I asked her, I was like, yo, who is it that I need to know in the poetry game? Because I'm trying to build a name for myself. I'm trying to make sure that people know me. I'm trying to get to all of the best shows. Who do I need to know? And there was two people that she gave me. She gave me Orville the Poet, and she gave me E-Baby. Hey, salute to you, Whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Salute to you. Absolutely. Thank salute, you. Salute to Whiskey, man. Wow. Um, and she 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 told me that I needed to get to know you. And I sent you a DM. I was like, yo, look, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to work, man. I've been uh I've been doing a lot of writing and stuff like that, man. I'm coming back to the DMV and I'm ready. Like, I'm I'm hungry, man. Um, and you and told what me. What did I tell you? Okay, yeah, yeah. You, you, and you yeah. told me. Um, you told me, all right, uh, hit me up if you're serious, or I'll see you if you're serious, because you get a lot of people when, when you are you and people will know who you are by the end of this, when you're you, you get a lot of messages from people saying that they want to be good, saying that their work is good, saying that they want to do this, saying that they want to do that, but you don't see them. And that was one of the things that I made sure I did, man. When I first came here, I stuck to my word. I was like, yo, I'm going here. And I was out at Busboys and Poets and at other poetry shows five nights a week, man, grinding because I saw what you had and I was like, yo, I want that. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to host. I want to be able to put on shows that are as amazing as pure poetry is. And we're going to talk about that. Man, man. I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, bro. Uh, <laughs> you don't brag on me like this, man. This is, this is cool. Listen, this is cool. listen, uh, man. We, we, hey, look, we, we are in our bag with Orville the Poet. So, um, oh, tell me, t tell me why poetry? Like, why did, why was poetry the thing that you chose um, to get into? Because as a, as a young man, when you hear poetry, there, nah, man, I don't know about this. Yeah, he saw, right. Why are you writing poetry? Yeah, so uh, poetry, uh, my first poem was uh, a very su strong suggestion from my mom. Uh, my grand aunt, she's retiring, we were having something for her. And she looked at me and my brothers like, uh, you know, you guys should do something for it. And we were like, okay, like what? She was like, I don't know, write a poem or something. And I was like, hmm. I think I was like 14. Yeah, like 14, because I was about to get ready to go to high school the next year. I was, that's another story. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> my mom was like, I don't know, write a poem for it. Uh, I took a piece of paper with me. I wrote on the front and the back in the car. And I presented it when we got there, and everyone was like, yo, 
He yeah. reads so well. Because no one <laughs> thought I wrote it. You know what I mean? No one thought I oh, wrote it. Wow. So everyone was looking at my mom like, yo, he, he reads above his grade level. Like, wow, he's... And I was already in, like, talent, like tag classes and whatnot, but, like, no one knew I wrote that. And I wrote it in the car on the way there. So that was my first experience with poetry. And uh, after that, my mom had me reading all types of poems. Like, Langston Hughes definitely was her favorite. Mm-hmm. So Langston Hughes, she was heavy in the Langston Hughes. So she just fed me books, man. After that, it was just books. You got to do this book before. Mom, we don't have any homework. Well, you do them. You do them. <laughs> you got homework, though. Hey, yeah, look that's, look, that's the same thing I tell my daughter. After you done regular school, you still got the school of dad after that. You know what I mean? And the school of dad, my work is way harder than it, the school it should, work. It should be, though. It should be. <laughs> Yeah, man. Talk, talking about life lessons. So at, at a young age, you got into poetry. You wrote you wrote this poem. Um, and from there, it kind of um, it just, just kind of like did it did it kind of pulled you in, would you say? It definitely did. It definitely did. Uh, also, around that time, there was a lot of things going on in my life, man. Like my mom and dad split. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. As a young man, an adolescent, especially growing up in a place like Sea Pleasant, man, my dad, any father figure in my life was very pivotal. So right. there was a lot of things I had to experience and learn on my own, unfortunately. And uh, a lot of emotions I had and poetry uh, really helped me uh, maneuver those things in a creative and a positive way. So that's really where I needed poetry and I felt like it needed me because I would pour out everything I was going through into it. So, yeah, yeah, that's really where it grew and then latched on to me. Yeah, yeah. that's that's amazing. Man. That's what I was going to ask you uh, as well, man. And, and you kind of already answered it. But like what what is what does poetry do for you? And like you said, man, it's it's something that gives you the, the freedom to express. I know one of the things that I had a difficult time doing um, maybe about five or six years ago before I started writing poetry was I had a hard time expressing myself and how I felt. Mm. And so what I would do was uh, I would send someone a song about how I felt and I would be like, all right, fast forward it to two minutes and 21 seconds and listen to two minutes and 46 <laughs> seconds. And that's exactly what I feel like yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and even like when I would like, you know, uh, have conversations with like women and stuff like that. Like I would send them a song, you know what I mean? Because like this, this is how I feel right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I'm so happy that now I get an opportunity to like, I get to be the one, we get to be the ones to express how other people feel because you know, you get people to ask you to write poems for them mm-hmm. or write poems and moments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about a moment uh, another specific moment that you can remember where someone like you've written poems for weddings and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Tell me about an experience like that. Uh, so man, weddings are awesome, right? Weddings are like hella pressure though. <laughs> you can, all right. You better not mess up at the wedding. Whoo. You see what I'm saying? Uh, the, you the, only get one the, shot. The, the, somebody's recording this. <laughs> this is this is someone's like day forever etched in forever they yeah. will remember the guy that did the poem and if it wasn't good so now is a bad time to tell you that i'm performing i just got asked last night to do a wedding on october 1st next year oh yeah you got plenty of time to okay prepare. all right cool like, yeah that's that's an awesome thing all right uh and it's great when they give you that much notice. That, whew, i've here. never had that much notice <laughs> ever uh but writing for weddings man it's a beautiful experience um weddings are the first poem ever and still currently that I write about 
that I'd say one of the only topics that I write about that I haven't experienced myself. Um, so that was the first instance it, it required me to write outside of something that I experienced. So it's beautiful, man. Talking to the bride, talking to the groom, getting more info about how they met and all of these things. You, you right. know, creating the narrative and seeing where it is and then being able to put it together and taking some of them and taking some of you and, and doing what you do and putting it together and then showing up and showing out. Oh, man. It's, it's no feeling like it. Yeah. It's nah. no feeling like it. I, absolutely, man. That's one of the things that I say, man, is I always want people to enjoy my art as much as I enjoy creating it. And that's very important. Yeah. And a lot of people get lost in the sauce in that. Have fun with this, yo. Like, definitely take it serious, but right. if you're not having fun, stop doing it. Right. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I completely agree with you, yo. And I think that you have a lot of fun with doing poetry, and it's clear to see, man. Um, but I want to talk to because I've heard this story quite a few times, but I want to I want to show people, and I want to give people an example of what growth looks like. Tell us about your first open mic experience. Mm. <laughs> like ever, like me spitting or like the the one the one where you yeah oh yeah the, oh, the, the one where you so, spit okay spit mm. spit <laughs> see poetry right there y'all going y'all so, gonna get that in a second so one of the first open mics I ever went to and shared I'm not gonna shout it out uh, I went and this is my first time ever sharing outside of family friends or like church right so I go ready. All right, I get up there to introduce me, and I'm like, uh, and I got my piece of paper, because I'm like, I kind of know it, but I really don't. Yeah. Segway. Real quick pause. It's important for people to know that you are a poet. Being a poet entails that you're good with words. It has nothing to do with your memorization. So when I say I didn't know it for real, means I didn't memorize it, but that didn't not afford me the opportunity to present because a poet is someone who puts words together that has nothing to do with memorization. So if you go somewhere and they make you feel less than because you're not spitting whatever offering you have from memory, that's not a place you want to patronize. Anyway, so going back to it, right? So I uh, I didn't really know it. I'm nervous. I'm shaking. I'm, and they introduced me. I get up there and, hey, my... Uh, I threw up. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing. I pray no one has that tape. No way, never. You see what I'm saying? But um, it happened. Yeah. And after it happened, uh, I cleaned myself up. I definitely, you know, got off stage. Right. Um, and people were urging me to get back up. Like, yo, all right, you got that out the way now. Right. Now, uh, can we hear it though? Because you at this I mean? point, there's nowhere you can go but up. You, there's you, nowhere been... you can go but up. That's right. why I tell people on their first time, they're like, oh my gosh, I kind of messed up. I'm like, yo, your first time toes no light to the first time <laughs> I did it. It's like, throw up. So, uh, man, just growth, man. Uh, one, memorization was something that I could never really fully grasp. Mm -hmm. But what I found is it was because where my pen was headed 
was a frivolous direction. You know what I mean? When I started writing about things that I sincerely cared about in my heart, they, I started to memorize them right. on accident. You right. know what I mean? So um, I just shifted, you know, my subject matter, and, and things really started to change. Yeah, absolutely. definitely a lot of growth. I promise you won't see me throw up on stage. <laughs> so that, so you know what? That's one of the things that I get asked a lot too. Is how do you remember your poems? How do you remember your poems? Mm. And I tell them my my poems are stories. So I don't have to remember my poem. I just remember the story that I'm trying to tell, and then the words come to me because I wrote them. You know, as long as I get from uh, A to Z. It doesn't matter how I get there. And you're not going to know as the audience whether or not I skipped a couple letters in the middle. You know? Key. Clutch advice. (laughs) Key. Clutch advice. Clutch. Clutch advice. No one knows how the poem goes better than you. Right. Even if they heard it a million times before, so what? I'm about to read... Remix. Hey, look, hey, look, I could have made some edits too. I could have took some stuff out. I could have added some stuff in. Nobody knows. That's it. Some current events, this thing now in this, you know, people in it, whatever. You know what I mean? So, so, so explain. So this, this is something that's amazing, man. You, you said the word growth. So you went from throwing up on stage in front of people. Yeah. To, (laughs) definitely to performing twice at the White House. Oh, um, and asterisk, uh, Obama's last term. Oh, Ob- Obama's the Obama last administration. Term. I, 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 I'm definitely about to get there because, yeah. I man, that was one of the things that I was kind of like low key mad about about myself. I was like, dang, I never went to. I would have wanted to go to the White House when the first black president was in the White House. You know, two chains. I remember he was upset because he didn't get invited to the White House yeah. when Obama was there. He was like, you know, that would have been Ken- dope to Kendrick, get. Kendrick and Jake Cole did that. Yeah, they well. I mean, we just going to let that rest. But um, 2 Chainz was kind of mad that he didn't get invited. And I'm like, man, I would have wanted to get, I would have wanted Barack to do my tour of the White House, man. How, what was, what was that feeling like to perform at the White House? Uh, Man, so, yeah, it's kind of speechless, man, to be honest with you. Um, You know, I'm a brand ambassador for a nonprofit organization. Shout out to Kristoff. Uh, it's called Fighting Cancer with Poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does uh, Poet Life Academy, Poet Life. Um, but uh, so we were. He was invited, and uh, Fighting Cancer Poetry was invited, and he brought me along. And you know, they wanted me specifically to do a poem. Okay. Um, and you know, Kristoff came to me. He's like, "Yo." Word? <laughs> Word? What do you say when the White House uh, requests the poem? What poem did you do? So, so uh, because the, the meeting, a particular gathering at the White House had to deal with how they were using the budget for cancer research, I thought it only fitting to tell my mom's story and the poem I shared uh, wrote about her. And so I did that one, and I was able to share with people like, you know, cancer is a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. she got diagnosed in June and was gone in August. You know what I mean? So wow. that, and then just, it was standing ovation. It was a bunch of moms and parents in the crowd. It was, it was wild, bro. It was, it was something I'll never forget. Ever, ever, ever forget. And the year prior to that performance, 
I was performing outside of the White House. And my wow. mom was right by me. And wow. then the following year, I got invited back to perform inside. But unfortunately, my mom That's had passed away. So, Man. Yeah, definitely. So... What what do you what do you feel or what do you like? Do you feel like your mom is there with you on stage when you're performing? Because she was the one that encouraged you to get into this, and so now it's like you're carrying a part of her vision for you and who you are. What does that feel like? Man, it's it's a uh, it's it's cool. It, it's it's really fulfilling. Uh, you know, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to look like my mom. I'm very proud to walk around with her principles and morals and values. I'm very proud to have her work ethic. I'm very proud to still hear that small, still voice in my head when I know I'm going left and I should go right and her reminding me, you know what I mean? So it feels awesome. She's definitely still here with me uh, in, 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 in spirit, man. She's definitely with me. This is a wild time right now. Right. During the pandemic. You know what I mean? People are just home. People are thinking wild thoughts. Uh, you know, it's no secret to you. But uh, for those that don't know, man, I've lost a lot of my family members in a very short period of time. So my mom being the first, like, pillar of the family we lost, uh, I just remember everything she said. And, you know, she kind of got us prepared for these times, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, you never know how strong you can be until you have it. So that's the only truth. Wow. So it's like, say, what say that again. <laughs> you never know how strong you can actually be until that's the only choice you have. Right. And, at, and at this point, it's like you really didn't have a choice but to be strong. Yeah. Because life still has to go on in the midst of the the, the trials and tribulations that you're facing, man. Absolutely. And that's that's life advice. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that I say, man, your uh, your situation is only as bad as the amount of time you allow yourself to feel sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Cry it out. Do you whatever. Like a button like a boom. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's one of them. Look, look, man. Do whatever it is. Do whatever it is that you have to do to get it out. But then know that you have to move on and that you have to continue to turn your tragedy into triumph. All right. So, um, man, we, we, we when I think about you and I think about um, myself, man, the word that comes to mind is mentor. Um, I've watched the things that you've done and I've watched them not only from a uh, uh, an attendee's perspective, but I've also watched it from a from a, a, a student's perspective, right? I'm not, I don't just attend your events. I watch your events. I watch what you do. I watch how you move. I watch how when uh, when people come in, do you greet everybody that's there? You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't know their names specifically, and you you have a really good memory, so you're really good with names. I'll, I'll commend you on that. I'm, I'm trash <laughs> with that. Um, 50, but, 50. yeah, <laughs> but you, I mean, you've been doing this for so how long? Have you, how long? Have, how long? Well, we'll get there. But so like, I watch how you um, navigate through your event, right? 
And um, like I said, I think of the word mentor when I when I think of you because you've shown me how to grow in the uh, in poetry. Who are some of the people in poetry that have shaped you, and what are some of the things that they've taught you on this journey? Man, uh, so definitely, and I don't know if I've ever shared this story. So yeah, it is cool. This would be a uh, exclusive. Um, so, when my cousin and I first started getting serious about poetry, uh, Busboys and Poets, there was only one, mm-hmm. all right? And it was this brother who hosted Busboys and Poets, and this brother was on fire for art, and he also had a song that was charting and playing all across America and definitely big in the DMV. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. He had a song called Read a Book, Read a Book, Read a mm, Book. Bomani Armai, yo. Bomani Armai was the first host of Best Boys and Poets. What? And you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Why oh, didn't see, I I'm know about, that? I'm about, to, I'm about to give you a gem, bro. <laughs> like, this brother was professional all the time. He, man, he was on time. He was thorough. Just a very knowledgeable, cool guy, man. And um, coincidentally, the person who brought me on as a host. Wow. Two hosts at Busfields and Poets. Wow. Omani. I, rem- I still have the video. Matter of fact, I'm going to post that on my page very soon. Mm-hmm. Like, that just brought that to memory. He, he uh, introduced me on stage. My first time hosting. Yeah, bro. He came out to wow, Pure Poetry man. DC, sat in the front row, and after was like, yo, we'd love for you to host it. I was like, what? Bro, what? You've been, you've been like a, a silent mentor for so long. <laughs> this is dope. Uh, so definitely shout out to Bomani, man. An educator. Definitely still heavy in the game. Um, also, another brother, um, I would say, is um, just me. Cedric Hand, this brother right here. Whew. Talk when about I, him. When I knew one poem by heart, and and not even all the way for real, uh, he was the first person to give me a paid feature, man. First person I knew one poem by heart. I promise you, he sold me on U Street. This is when Amsterdam was still indulged, and was like, "Yo, I love for you to feature my show." I was like, "A feature? What's that?" Like it's just you for like thirty minutes. I was like, "Oh, nah, you got the wrong person, cuz you got the <laughs> wrong got thirty person. minutes of work." Hold that, brother. He was like, "Well, why you say? Why you say hold up?" I was like, "Well, I know one poem by heart." He was like, "Well, it's in three weeks. I think uh, you know that should be enough time." I could have, I could have passed the ball, but mm-hmm. I chose to rise to the occasion, man. And that is a brother who also pushed me and saw stuff in me that I didn't readily see. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the reason I host, really, I never had a, I, w- I wanted to do poetry, you know what right. I mean? I never thought about hosting. Okay. Early on, he was like, yo, hey, you should host. You charismatic, you you got, yeah, you, you should host. And yeah. I was like, ah. And he was right. I don't know. I don't. He was like, nah, you, matter of fact, don't worry about it. Then he sent me, actually, he didn't even send me nothing. He tagged my ass. On a post he put on Facebook, my picture is the on the flyer, say hosted by, presented by him, hosted by me. 
That's Ooh. how I started hosting, bro. He literally pushed me into it. And you need people like that in your life, bro, that push you past what you can even see for yourself. So I tell this guy all the time. I've told that story a thousand times, but like, salute to just me. Salute to just me, man. That's so. Those are two brothers, right there. That is definitely. There's a, there's a lot more. Right. There's a lot more, <clears throat> but those two, absolutely. That's that's amazing, man. And you've you, you've worked with some amazing artists. Uh, I, I mean, just in this, and I just I, I want you to give the list because I, I I know some of the list, but I feel like you're gonna also who name you know some who, more. Say, say who you think. So I I know I know uh, Black Ice. Uh, I know uh, yes. Brandon Alexander Williams yes. real talk. Yeah. I know Lady London has come through Pure Folk. Yeah. And she is yeah. super fire. The homie. Um nah. I know uh Rebecca DuPaz has been there. Yeah, she got a new book out. She got a new book out. Absolutely. Mario goes to the museum. Um I know um uh K Love has been has has been uh, or she or she hasn't been. No, not okay. yet. Oh man, we <sighs> <laughs> hopefully very soon hopefully, hopefully very soon, very soon. She, she's another uh, phenomenal artist yeah um, man. But, I know Kariga uh, Bailey I was, um, just, I was about to say that one so uh, Kariga man my guy from Oakland uh, by way of SAC by way of Jamaica uh, gotta be politically correct uh, Rudy Francisco right uh, Pages Matam um Man, um, um, what what black chakra? Yeah, I mean, just a a bunch. Everyone that comes through Mm -hmm. has something worthy of listening to to share. Okay, I can definitely tell you that. So let so so let me ask you this question. Um, I know you have a you have an appreciation for other artists for the art itself. Tell us. What separates Orville, the poet, from the other poets? Uh, my why. My why. That's that's it. Uh, Which is? I don't, I don't, anything you see me doing is not too big up me. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm the oldest uh, of, of, of three. Um. My siblings, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm the oldest of three, and my mom isn't here, and I have responsibilities, mm-hmm. and not just for my immediate family, but my family, right, so, I'm not just doing it so, yeah, look at me, like, no, nah, I'm doing it so dad can stop working, right, I'm doing it so grandma can go and need and get whatever she want. I'm doing it so my family overseas can live more comfortably. I'm doing it so my nieces can see, hey, you can you can follow your dreams. Right. You can really be an artist. You know, uh, a brother I'm getting to know more, especially in this break, says something. Uh, it's on the shirt. Consistency will change whatever league you're in. Hmm. I'm just trying to change the league I'm in. Right. So that's that's I think what you know is gonna separate me. I'm not more talented than the next person. Maybe more dedicated though. Right. Maybe more consistent. Maybe more driven. And you know what? That's what I'm glad you said that 
because that's one of the things that I immediately saw about you that I didn't necessarily see in other people who were in your same position is that I saw one I saw Orville at almost every poetry show. I saw Orville showing love. I Say that again, please. <laughs> I saw Orville at almost every poetry show. Bus, boy, bus Boys and Poets and the private shows. I wish I, I had three see, of these so I could go to everybody's dumb. I've, I've seen you there. I've seen you paint. Dude, I remember one time where you and I, we, uh, you asked me, you, you, uh, I learned that you was hosting this event, man, showed up, and it was like four or five people in there in this whole bar, man, and... It, it, and it was just us it you know what just I'm saying? us it like there was nobody there. so like i i see your grind i see your hustle and not just in the poetry man because a lot of people don't understand that if you're if you want to build a successful show and we're going to talk about pure poetry here in a second okay. but if you want to build a show like pure poetry it takes more than just what you what the naked eye can see right and one of the things that i see you doing all the time is you are a part, a, an instrumental part of the DC community, and when I say that, I mean you go, dude. For real, you're like the unspoken mayor of DC in my eyes. Because oh, man. when we go out in DC, oh man, he knows all of the bouncers. He knows all. He daps up every DJ when we go in the in the spot, and it's like, and and, and, and you're you, and you're always you. <laughs> and you're always talking to people, man. Like like just said you got the charisma you got um you got likability uh you know you're uh, you, you got the gift of gab and you, you 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 do that and you display that man at such an elite level that i think it's not appreciated enough and i see the work that you do how how often you're out and it's not just to be out right you're not out, you're you're it's never to just be. listen. Well, uh, sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes it is. But at the same time, you're always working. Yeah. It's always working up here for you. Yeah. And so you're always putting yourself in a position to be successful, man. And that grind and that hustle that I see from you is literally unmatched. Yo, bro, I, I look, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. Um, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is not a normal thing for me. Okay. <laughs> To be invited to for an interview to somebody brag on you, you know what I mean. Uh, um, so thank you for for noticing that, for taking heed to that. But like you said, man, there's a lot of things that go into making anything fruitful. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more than meets the eye, you know. A lot right. of people. Uh, <laughs> so for instance, uh, Pure Poetry DC turned eight years old in June of this year. Uh, now, in those eight years, I was hosting other things before that, right? Yeah. Uh, but in those eight years of me, you know, having full control of what this does, I've learned that, bruh, you can't skip a step. The real, a lot of people are like, yo, what, what advice do you, the advice I have is take every step. Stop trying to skip steps. This, this, I don't know if you can You good, you good. This shit, this shit is like a bank account. You can't go to your bank account and want to take out $100 knowing you don't even got $100 in there. You can't cheat the game, the grind, the, the work, the journey, whatever you want to call it. You get out what you put in. So if you didn't put X amount in, you can't get X amount out. You can't cheat 
the journey, the grind, the game. It knows what you've done and it knows what you haven't. So my advice is really do the, do the legwork. You know, know your demographic. Do you know your demographic? What's the age range of the people coming to your show? Right. Um, you know, what's, what do they like? What do they work? What do they live? Do you have any data? You know what I mean? So a lot of these things, and it's okay if you don't have these answers, right? But get these answers. Right. Right? But if you know you don't have these answers and you're not trying to get these answers, then even if you're hot right now, it's going to fizzle out. Because right. hard work beats talent. But if you got talent and you're working hard, you're going to be in a good position. And I've seen that in you. And um, man, it's it, it it was one of the things that made me kind of just like follow your path. And um, I, I wanna I wanna get into so you said pure poetry turned eight years old uh, in, in June of twenty twenty, right? June twenty twenty. What was pure poetry like? <laughs> um, uh, June uh, <laughs> twenty twelve. Woo. Uh, how many people? Because like when, when you when you think about like you know you you hear stories like with Kanye West and Jay Z, they like you know we show up to the show and there's only 20 people here, you know what I mean? And we performing for for almost nobody. What was that like? And how did you keep believing? What made you keep believing that this was something that was going to be successful and that could run for eight years? Um, man, a strong belief in self strong belief in self and just I had a, a, a strong foundation man um, you know I had a, a praying loving mom and just a strong belief in myself bro yeah that's that's really it and, and I had friends that believed in me as well uh, you know the opportunity at uh, at you know, pure really, really uh, catapulted a lot of things for me. Um, now, back to your question: What did it look like in June 2012? <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't look like it. Uh, it did in March. Um, <laughs> man, that first year, uh, and my business partner, uh, you know, Lance. Shout out to Lance, man. He could tell you that. Uh, you know, that first few years. It was, it was, it was Duffy. I remember, I remember coming in on a night and it being eight people there total and me included in the eight. Oh my goodness. And we still went hard like it was 8,000 in there. You have to. Everybody shared a poem and then everyone was like, that's all I got. And I spit every poem I knew that night. They got a, I just kept going. I was like, whenever you guys, you know, want to roll or whatever, but I'm going to give you all I got because you paid to be here. I know you're expecting more people, but look, one day it's going to be more people than me. I promise you that. I remember it was a, it had snowed the day before. And the venue, matter of fact, called me and was like, man, just go ahead and cancel. I was like, nope, I'm coming. Because every time is someone's first time. And I don't want to miss that opportunity, even if it's five people. He's like, man, it's only eight people here. I was like, even if it's those eight, we're going to rock with that eight. Right. And I never focused on the 
quantity, I focused on the quality, mm-hmm. and then the quantity came. I used to pay them at the end of the night that's a, to that's do the show. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, anyway, yeah. we'll get into that off cam, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, man, my, my first time was like that too, man. I remember when I, when I first started Can We Talk uh, in September of what, 20, 2019, mm. uh, I was paying $350 a show, man. I had to pay the DJs. I had to pay the feature. I had to pay the photographers. Everybody got to get paid. Everybody now. had to get paid. And Everybody I, and, better and, get and, paid. And I'll tell you, and I lost $350 every month. The first month that I was supposed to make money was supposed to be March 2020. <laughs> Yo, I was so excited for COVID. this show. And COVID hit. So I spent $350 over the course of six months paying for this show and have never reaped one benefit off of it. When they say, man, when you get into this business, you are going to look, you got to lose some money before you make money. And it, it take money to make it. Listen, it take money to make it. And I, I understood that. I wasn't afraid to, um, to, to bet on myself. That's you it. know what I mean? Like you said. That's it. The, the belief in yourself. I wasn't That's afraid it. to bet on myself. And I bet on myself. And I knew it was going to be successful because I was packing out the place in the wintertime. And that's I was just, there. I was there. I remember. <laughs> that's, that's off of the sheer love of just me and yeah. the other artists. Yeah. So imagine what it's going to be like in the summertime when people are just walking by and oh. showing love, man. What was it like for you when people started to believe in pure poetry? Like, what was that feeling like? Everything. It's every. It, that feeling is what I literally want for everybody I love and, and rock with. That feeling. Um. really love this other people enjoy it I love sharing it and offering it other people are actually benefiting from it cooperative economics is happening here I'm able to put money in people's pockets that look just like me this is everything I want to do I, I'm successful mm-hmm. and I really think a lot of us need to like redefine what that means for us specifically because you keep preparing or comparing your success to another one's success then you won't really see the gems and what you have you'll just only see what you lack and maybe what you want so like I stopped and I said I think in 2018 2019 top of 2019 that's when we uh, went to OZOs yeah and we featured you. Yep. And that first show there at Ozio's. Now, mind you, we're moving here like, yo, all right, cool. We'll, we'll have room to grow here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be here for a while. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. We could fit probably like 300, 350 people in here. Love cool. It. Love we'll, it. We'll, we'll have room to grow. In January of 2019, we had 300 plus people in there. And we were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Man. We went from Pure Lounge to over here. Pure Lounge can hold now. about how many people went. Pure Lounge, I remember Pure Lounge. How many people could Pure Lounge hold? We were upstairs. 80 to 100. I'd say maybe. comfortably 80. Yeah. Upstairs. Right. Right? But we were packing up a little over 100 up there. Right. Right, so so now we leave there and we go to Ozio's capacity is double that and we fill it up. The first one. Man, you we were like 
yo, you it's 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 a beautiful sight. I cried in the back, so I ain't gonna hold you that. I I understand I understand why, man. I understand why because when you when you look at the event and the success of Pure, you got people sitting. You got oh, people man. uh sit, wait, let me let me say it like this. You got people sitting on these, the couches. You got people sitting at the bar. You got people standing. But then you also have people sitting on the floor. Indian in style. In a club. Uh, For poetry. Crisscross applesauce. That, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I can't even do it. Bro. Right. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like You got people sitting on the floor of a club enjoying poetry, man. And that's because of the nature. And that's because of the environment that you created and it, man talk talk about the environment of pure poetry and what that feels like so what, pure, what do let's okay someone who's never been to pure poetry right they're coming into dc they hear about this poetry event every first wednesday pure poetry what can they expect from from a pure poetry event um so i, I think like one of the perfect examples like if you love basketball for my hoopers, this is this is a great analogy for you, right? So, uh, I would say, like, pure poetry DC is the Rucker, like Rucker Park, is that super <laughs> dope? Like, if you hoop and you say you hoop, yeah, you can hoop in the league and all of these things, but if you say you hoop, you gotta come through here and hoop. And right. everybody does the backwards passes, the, the crazy dunks, the flashy dribbles and right. so like it's as far as spoken word goes i think that's kind of a great segue like um it's it's not politically correct all the time mm -hmm. it's not heidi tidy but it is fair and an open space and, and neutral and safe for everybody to come to man i i love it I really love it. It's a melting pot of the arts. You may get a, a vocalist. You may get a rapper. You may get right. uh, someone who, boom, pops out the guitar or the saxophone or the trumpet. You may have, you know, a crazy vocalist that's been, like, everywhere. You might have a Kenny Sway come through. Hey. Uh, you might have, you know, America's Got Talent, Malik the Dope Drummer come through hey. and do something on the drum. Um, you know, you, you never know who's gonna be there. It's always awesome energy, and it's a safe space where we talk about various matters of the heart using various forms of art. Mm -hmm. That's the best, the best way I can describe it. I like that, man. That's yeah. a good. I think that's a really uh, profound description of what pure poetry is. For people who I have never been, that. man. Yeah. Uh, a, a little bit ago, you talked about um, success. Mm -hmm. What What is success to Orville? Like, pure poetry is, I'm not going to say at its pinnacle right now. It's very successful. I'm going to, I'm, if, if you won't say it, you're, you're a humble guy. It is the most successful event in DC, right? <sighs> um, yeah. I don't, no, I don't no, know. Listen, no, no one, no I one's gonna, no one's gonna. Uh, wh where, where do you want to go? Where, where does, where does pure poetry go from here? Watch. Just. <laughs> a, a you know, man, you know me with that. Yeah, a, a man, a man of, a man of many words, though a man of few words as well. I, yeah. I, I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
we have we have a lot of goals. Uh-huh. And it's scary as hell. But that's exactly why these are the, our goals. Right. And um, mm-hmm. our goals are readily aligned with the people we love and care about, mm-hmm. which are other artists, mm-hmm. other artists' families, other artists' reach and demographic, other right. things like that. So we just we just want to do more for artists. You know, we want to grow our platform and do more for artists. But how we do that? Gotta watch it. Gotta see. Look, PurePoacherDC.com, PurePoacherDC on Instagram and Facebook. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing the growth, man. I'm looking forward to to continuing to be a student of you, man. Um, Likewise, clearly, man. I learned a lot from you too, bro. I, I learned a lot from that. you too, man. You definitely uh, are a motivated individual, man. I really saw you come here and turn up. Yeah, that's all I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So, you're definitely a person who's who's in their bag. Um, not just, in, and when I say in, in your bag, I'm not talking about just the finances, man. The finances is too easy. That's like when you when you see a pretty girl, man. Um, you know she's pretty, but that that's too easy. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you got you to gotta know what she's like mentally, emotionally. You know what I mean? You got to know where her head is at. Yeah. Yeah. And so with you, it's like you're definitely in your bag, not just on the financial end, but you're in your bag here, man. Tell me uh, a, a life event that has shaped you. Man, uh, easily uh, losing my mom. Okay. Easily losing my mom. Uh, and that was in 2015. Um I would say before my mom transitioned, I was super passionate about art mm-hmm. and about life, you know, just living life to the fullest, so to speak, and, uh, you know, kind of grabbing every day um, in the hypothetical sense. When she transitioned, and now first, let me, you know, give some insight as to how that happened so people can really see what I'm saying uh, so we found out my mom had stage 4 cancer in like June 10th or 12th of 2015 and we lost her on August 5th 2015 so to go from your mom's perfectly fine to gone in like June July all, July well, all we had was really one full month, one full month. you know what I mean um what that did was now, if it's not as heavy as that situation, like, right, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't know, really phase you. Phase me now, like I know, I now, unfortunately, come face to face with one of the most hardest realities you'll ever have to face here. Uh, God forbid you already face it. Um, losing your mom and then in that short period of time right. um, so there's a lot of things that I don't even worry about that a lot of people might worry about mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I don't even spend time on that people may or may not spend time on um, I just there's no like gray area right. you either know you good or you know 
you're not. You know what I mean? It's uh, either we're going to do this or we're not going to do this. It's just kept me super focused, laser beam focused. I'm about what I'm about, and I'm not about whatever I'm not about. It's like that black and white. So that definitely um, changed me and changed my passion, man. Like, I try to squeeze the juice out of every single day. I try to let the people I love and respect know that I love and respect them because I know firsthand that you could be here today and gone tomorrow and all of these things things that's another thing things i let things go i gave away hella shoes you saw that so i gave away hella shoes just stuff like how much stuff do we need yo right and so what i'm really concerned and focused on now like when my mom passed more the things money can't buy such as what such as mental peace oh my gosh right. you, you I never not. thought I'd smile again bro right much less share a poem again so you you and I have had recently uh, a lot of conversations man about how you're on this journey uh, to find mental peace and to achieve mental peace because you felt like You've given so much time to things um, that maybe didn't deserve your time. And people and places. And people and places, right? Yeah. Tell yeah. me, t- tell me where your focus is now with that. A, a lot. T- tell tell the people a little bit about what that revelation was like and what made you come to that revelation in your life. Um. Really, it it, it all had to do with me, you know. I just, I just cared about me a little more, and I, I said, you know, whose peace or, or business or mental space or family are you more worried or are you most worried about? Is it about others right. or yours? And that was a real live question. You know, I had to ask myself that question, like, and, and not just answer it, but like, let's look at everything you, you've been doing mm-hmm. and you've done. Like, because that's where the answer lies. Right. And I had to honestly tell you some real, and we rapped about this, you know. I had to I had to say to myself that it's been others. Right. It was others, and it wasn't my own. And in and, and realizing that, I redirected my focus, and it now absolutely is my own. And a lot of people who haven't yet come to a certain level of understanding may hear this and say, well, that's selfish. I'm here to tell you yourself full. I don't know uh, the writer I heard say this, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, says something to the fact like, you know, it's not selfish, it's self-full. You know, what's in the cup is for you. Right. What spills out of the cup is for others. Mm-hmm. And I realized, especially in 2015, that I was, I, I, I had a half cup, maybe a half cup. Right. But every time I got anything into it, I was just pouring out to all of these people. And then when my mom passed and I was empty as shit, cup empty. Right. Who's going to pour into me? Right. These same people. associates, mm-hmm. friends, uh, 
uh, other just hang arounders. I couldn't even get a drop from them. Right. So I said, you know what? Bet. I gotta re- regroup. Right. Shuffle the. Change the circle. Change the circle. Yeah, I can't rap to you. Uh, I'm not going over there no more. Uh, I'm not even going out after a certain time. I ain't going over there. Is it going to bring me money? Is it about business? Am I passionate about it? Right. Is this positive or negative? All of these things I ask myself before I make any move. Right. And so if, if I can't readily answer, if I'm like, ah, then I ain't doing it. So... That was that was really just the focus I took on, man. Just cut out the fat and really focus in on what made me happy. And I realized for a long time I was just operating on I was surviving. I wasn't living. Right. It's a very different big difference between the two. And I realized I was just surviving. I wasn't living. So now I don't just live to survive. I live and plan and make moves to thrive, mm-hmm. and that's it. And that's that's one of the things, man, that that I respect about you, and that's one of the things that life has also taught me as well. Is that a lot of like we we don't we're not just put here on this world to pay bills, have some kids, and die. Nah. You know, there's there's bigger purpose nah. within us as as people. Um, I, I think, man, honestly, we we were all put here for a specific reason, um, and it's up to us to discover the reason and then blossom into whatever it is that we were meant to be. And I I sincerely believe that if you don't blossom into the thing that you are supposed to be there are other people who will not be able to blossom in what they are supposed to be Mm. because you did not hey those people especially being like your kids because the uh your kids family friends people that are around you people that are closest to you like you you look at a guy like kevin hart and how successful he became and then look at what he did for those other six guys that are around if kevin hart was not kevin hart and that's not to say that them other guys wouldn't have became absolutely but they no pr- disrespect, that, but, but yeah. they probably wouldn't be on the on the level that they're on right now if not for Kevin Hart blossoming into everything that he was supposed to be, man. Also, watch this too, though. Like Kevin Hart tells that story, and those brothers humbled themselves early and saw that yo, this brother, this our man's. We all do this, but he do this at a different level. Right. Let's lock in and and help him be all he can be. Mm-hmm. What what is, what is that? What is that like though, man? Be, like because that's that's one of the things that I thoroughly look forward to in this process is building that band of brothers that Kevin Hart said that I see on uh, when he has the uh, the show on uh, on Netflix. Don't fuck this up. Like I, I I see what they have, and I'm like, yo, that that's strong, man. Yeah, but they've gone through the trenches, though. Yes. Yeah. So you don't, you know, the, the 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 saying goes, true colors only show when the lights go out. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that's the only way you're gonna know. Fine. Right. So I've uh, I'm very thankful for the people on my team. Not a whole bunch, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. thankful. But you don't know until you know, for real. Right. 
that's, uh, you don't know until you know. You know, it's really a trial and error type type thing, man. So, yeah. but when you find people that um, are willing to sow into your purpose and your gift uh, authentically and to see it grow, it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It, it is, man. And I'm, um, I, I see like it's funny because. When I when I went to Pure Poetry, like I always see this guy at the door. I'm like, I see the same dude at the door every single time. Like, and, he, and he don't say nothing to nobody, man. He don't say nothing to nobody. He's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? He dap you up and he, hey, what's up? How you doing? He, you know what I'm saying? Hey, what's up? He how you doing? Greet you. He, he's and just, he, he'll he'll greet you. He ain't yeah. no he ain't no talking to. But when I got to know him now, though, this is just a dude that just handles business. This, we like, like to let people think, oh, it's just the door guy. <laughs> no, yeah, man. We laugh at that all the time. No, nah, Lance is a dude who I'm like, bro, you're the door guy. He's like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nah, man. Yeah. Yo, he, he's a dude who just handles business. He takes care of business, man. Absolutely, um, man. And it's, it's amazing to see him uh, appreciate his role and know that his role is just as important as yours is, man. And you... You hear the saying, um, you know, if everybody's bosses, then who's really working? You know what I mean? He knows he he knows what his responsibility is, man. He appreciates and he 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 he's grown with pure poetry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I want you to know this, man. Like this brother is just as important to it as as people think. I absolutely. Am. You know what I mean? Um, this this it's not just a me thing. Not just a me, you know. There's a lot of things that go into it. A lot of planning behind the scenes. Um, of course, now that we're home, there's a, there's a lot, you know, a lot less things we have to do. Right. Um, but in the planning of a, like a full live show, oh man, there's, there's so much that goes behind. Oh, also, what I did mention earlier is okay. It's pure poetry. So the doors open at seven. Show starts at eight. What time do you think I get there? Five. Four thirty. <laughs> I'm there from four thirty mm-hmm. until midnight. Yep. And I, then I people don't know I got a whole career outside of this, outside of that. Yeah. So then I gotta wake up and go to So, you know, piggyback on what we said earlier is the the, the determination has to be there. But one, you can't skip the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Preparation. If you, we all hear the saying, we know it. You know, these are things our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles told us. You know, if you if you plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. That's real. Man, it's the it's real. So I wanna I wanna talk to you about the steps. Because you, you say you can't skip the steps. Explain to me what the steps are in terms of creating a successful um, a successful open mic event or creating a successful um, uh, show well one we've got to first you got to take a strong look at you mm-hmm. should you be the one to do this now that requires that, uh, that requires, self-assessment. Yeah, a strong, a strong self-assess- self-assessment. Um, you know, I know my weaknesses. Right. I know what I don't do well. I know them very well. Right. But I also know what I, I do.
do very well, right? And more importantly than knowing what you do good, got to know what you don't do well right. so you can work on it, right? Now, there's a thing where we all know people that think they can sing, mm-hmm. but can't. Are you... We all need people in our corner to say, nah, you shouldn't do this. Right. Right? So first, first and foremost, go to your friends and family, people you really love and respect. You know they love and respect you, but not your mom and your dad, because they're going to love they're you. Gonna they're going to tell you the not, truth. Not, oh, baby, you can do oh, anything. Oh, baby, you know. <laughs> go to your home. More, more times than not, your cousins or your good friends will tell you, hey, look, this is what it is. Right? So you want to go to them and say, hey, don't don't even like preface this by saying anything. What what do you think my gifts are? And if they go That's through all of these things question. and don't say poetry, then you don't need to be doing it. Right. That's so there's strong. that. So there's number one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We all have gifts. We all have different gifts, right? Um, right. Number two, um, if you are a poet, spoken word artist, practice yo shit. Practice your material. Practice your material. This is one through like 20. Practice your material. I can't stress that enough because there's some, there's a kid practicing right now, writing new poems right now while we're doing this. Right. Right. And if you're not, then how do you expect to even get to where the person you admire is? Right. You know? And what I, one thing I do or uh, say is that uh, what I would do, I would get my check from my, my other career, right? Nine to five. And look at the hours you've worked on your check. Right? If you're an artist at home and you're really like taking this advice for real, like real life, take your check out. Look at your hours worked. Don't even look at the gross income. Look at your hours worked, right? And you can't, you can, you can be as me but you can't bs you so look the hours worked on your check mm-hmm. ask yourself out of this 40 hours that you worked on this check how many hours did you work on your craft and if it's not even half of the 40 you see what you were limited to make at your nine to five right how do you expect to make any money on your craft if you haven't even worked half as hard as you worked on this nine to five. And this isn't really what you want to do. So that's another step. You've got to put the time in. If you work 40 hours a week on your job, you need to be working at least 20 hours a week on your craft to see it come to fruition. So that's definitely another step. And then, um, Network, get out here, be social. Network, you know, uh, a lot of people think, oh man, I'm going to this networking event. Networking doesn't just happen at these networking events. Right. Networking happens every single second of the day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could be networking at Dunkin' Donuts. You could be networking at the barbershop. You could be networking, taking a walk. Um, open up your mouth. A closed mouth does not get fed. Literally and metaphorically speaking, a closed mouth does not get fed, like literally and metaphorically speaking. So 
that's definitely another step. And if you're doing all of those things, man, the right people are gonna find you. Right. You're gonna you're gonna bump into that venue that because you're hitting all of these different events, and you're getting out, you're networking, you're very well prepared with your material. So so you see people are like uh, you know, leaning towards this, like, oh, okay, they really like that stuff. I might got something like that. But then, bow, hit them with this, you know. So all of those things are, you know, of course there's more steps, but. Right, keys. Those into, are keys. It's a start, into at least starting. Into starting. Right. Okay. So, man, you we, we talked about a lot, and we've covered a lot, man. You, you, you've you built a brand, OTP, as you see it here on the backpack. Mm. Um, you got the shirts. It was in my bag with Backpack Jeff, so I said, you know, let me get my backpack. <laughs> let, me, let, me bring, <laughs> let me bring the backpack. Had to, right? Yeah. Uh, OTP, man, Orville the Poet. You got, the, you got shirts. Um, you got hat, you got merch. Definitely check um, out the website, overthepoet.com. Consistency will change whatever league you're in, man. And you have been consistent throughout this whole process, man. I know you will continue to be consistent, yo. Um, and I know you're going to continue to change the league that you're in. My my, my vision, <laughs> my vision yeah. is to continue to evolve into these new leagues with you, man. Um, I appreciate you, yo. I appreciate our relationship. I appreciate our friendship, man. Absolutely. Um, we we have literally um, grown, and man, I'm I'm super happy to to have you on and to be able to just be in my bag with Orville the poet. Man.